Thank you for joining me on episode 18 of the Unique on Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to help people know that they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. A military offensive is a carefully planned attack made by a large group of soldiers. Today, I share my friend Pastor Mike Annis' sermon from last Christmas about God's offensive, his plan of attack that ultimately is what we know today as the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus. Good morning. I want to welcome you here on this fine Sunday morning. So today's message... I want to start out in kind of a non-traditional way and look back at history. On December 7th, 1941, just before 8 a.m., the United States experienced the attack on Pearl Harbor. It was that defining moment that instantly thrust the United States into World War II, a war that was already devastating many nations overseas a war that raged well on into the year 1945. Hitler and his armies were well-armed, well-positioned, and poised to continue their control of the occupied territories for the foreseeable future. Adolf Hitler was bent on world domination. They seemed unstoppable. He wanted to see the extermination of the Jews. The world was in chaos. Something had to be done. So starting in 1942, Allied forces began to devise a plan. A plan that could deal a devastating blow and change the tides of the war with Germany. They needed a real game changer. They needed to launch an offensive. And by mid-1944, they were ready to put their plan to the test. This was called Operation Overload, officially, On June 6, 1944, the world saw roughly 150,000 troops from 12 different nations all storm the beaches of Normandy. The battle raged on into August, ultimately seeing an Allied victory. And today we know this battle is D-Day, and it's famously known because of the impact it had on World War II. It was the game changer they were hoping for. And while the war still raged on for another year, this decisive offensive changed the face of the war, did it not? It tilted the tables in favor of the Allies and ultimately affected the outcome of the war. Instead of sitting back and allowing the enemy to dictate the way the war was going to go, the Allied forces stepped back, formulated a plan, and brought the battle to the Germans. They launched an offensive. And so I start with this little piece of history today because I also want to focus my message on another famous offensive that occurred in our world. One that more often than not isn't even looked at as an offensive. And when it is, it's kind of watered down and diluted. And it's so easy this time of year for that to happen. And, and so you might ask, if it's so important, if it's so famous, if it's, so, if it's supposed to be well-known, why isn't it? Well, I have the answer for you, and it's one word, and that is Christmas. And you might ask, so what does Christmas have to do with it? Well, let me tell you. 
When we think of Christmas, we're filled with all sorts of, of visions in our minds, aren't we? And, and memories that we recall of, of Christmas past, of great, you know, great holiday traditions and that. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> There's the lights. I mean, come on, who, who doesn't love a great light show? I mean, there is nothing better than sitting in your warm car, driving around, and checking out these awesome displays that somebody else took the time to painstakingly put together. And I, believe me, I am grateful that there are people like that out there. Because, I mean, it's just, they put together some masterpieces. Really, they do. It's just, it's just awe-inspiring, and I love it. And in fact, I think there's a, there's a little house on the corner of Woodmere and Carver that just, they go all out at Christmas time. And I love going by there and checking it out. And it seems like every year they just up the ante. They just, they, they increase it. And it's just, it's something spectacular. And so even, even when I don't need to drive by there, I find myself kind of zipping by there just to take in, take in the, the, the uh, view and just see what they've done this year. And then, oh my goodness, the food. The food this time of year. I mean, there's, there's the, the mints and the chocolates and, and my all-time time favorite, peanut brittle. I love peanut brittle. Are there any other peanut brittle fans out there? Because if there are, I, I, I brought a couple bags that I am willing to share the love with. Um, so see me after service. One of my greatest memories growing up was going to my aunt's house, and her gift to everybody was a tin of peanut brittle. And so we would just spend the weekend making peanut brittle over and over and over. And my job was to bust it all up. What a great job for a little guy, right? Just to break something. And so my job was to bust up all the peanut brittle and put it into the tins and, you know, sample it, of course, as you're, as you're filling. Just you got to make sure it's good, right? Because you don't want to give somebody something that tastes bad. And so it was just quality control is what it was. But there's all of this food. And then the radio. I mean, you can't turn it to any station on the radio and not find some form of Christmas music. Am I right? And it just gets in, there's songs that will just get in your head, and it just, it travels with you everywhere you go. The most wonderful time of the year, right? That's what the song tells us. Our senses are firing on every cylinder this time of year. Our, our sense of taste, our, tense, our sense of smell, our sense of hearing, the sights, and even feeling. Christmas season comes with a sense of feeling, does it not? There's just something about the Christmas season. It's just electric. You just feel like there's just something about this time of year. And then goodness, the packages, the gifts. They've taken on a whole season of their own, have they not? Buying gifts has become such a big deal that now it has its own holiday. Black Friday. It just seems like from... Now, from the, you know, the day after Thanksgiving on, it's just this, this machine, this Christmas machine that just is rolling. And we can get caught up into it so easy and get caught up into the festivities. And that's my point, is that this time of year, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in, in, in the what's, like the, the decorations and the gifts and the foods and all that, that we tend to maybe forget a little bit the real reason for the season. That it's not that we don't, it's not that we forget Jesus completely. We're really good about getting to the baby. We're good about bringing the baby into the picture. That Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. And then we're really good at stopping right there. 
because there's other things that need to be done. Treats need to be made. Gifts need to be wrapped. The tree needs to be decorated and so on and so forth. And that's where we stop. It's kind of like, it's not that we don't involve Jesus. It's like throwing a birthday party, okay? You throw a birthday party, but then instead of focusing on the birthday person, we're focusing on all of the activities and all of the guests. Jesus is there, but he's not the focus. It's kind of like we, we, we're taking him with us wherever we go. We're just keeping him in the back seat for times of need. You know, he's there. He's in, he's in the picture, but there's other things that are more important. And it's sad because <clears throat> when, when it's, especially in the story of Jesus, when we eliminate the context of Jesus' birth, then we're left with a narrative that really has no meaning at all. It basically boils down to a story about a baby. If we're leaving Jesus out of the picture and it's just the birth of a baby and we're not going into why it's the birth of a baby, then the story really has no meaning at all. And when you step back and you think, look at this from, from someone who, who doesn't know Christ and they're looking at it and, they, and we're leaving the context out and we're pointing to the baby and we're like, look, it's the celeb- we're celebrating the birth of the baby. And we stop there. We look a little crazy to the outsiders. Be like, what's the point? What's the, what's the point in worshiping this child? What's the deal? When truly it goes so much deeper than just a baby in a manger. There's so much significance behind the birth of Jesus. And if we're not careful, if we leave those, if we leave that context out, it creates this vacuum where all of the secular images that we see like Santa and the trees and the gifts and that kind of begin to take his place. And that's not where it should be at all. And that leads me to where I, I want to go with my message today is Jesus' birth has huge significance. It's so much, like I said, it's so much more than a baby in a manger. It's exciting. And it's his birth. His birth is the other offensive that I want to talk about today. And I'm going to refer to it as the Bethlehem offensive. Because that's exactly what it was. You see, from the time that Adam and Eve sinned, or ate, the, ate from the forbidden tree, sin entered the world. And at that moment in time, when sin entered the world, Satan had free reign. He was allowed to do whatever. He's allowed to cause destruction, pain, hardship, strife, you name it. Just totally set loose. And it was in that moment that sin entered the world that God came on the scene and he said, I've got a plan. I've got an offensive that I'm going to launch. And and the enemy knows it. The enemy knows that at the end of the day, he's done. But God started a plan. A plan that was going to change not only the way we fight this spiritual battle, but the way we'll win it as well. And that's what I want to get to today is, is it's so easy to to get to the baby in the manger and forget that there's real serious implications as to why Jesus came. It's because there's a spiritual battle raging on all around us. If it didn't exist, there would be no need for his birth. But because it was there, God says, I have the offensive. And he brought it about in a way that the world never would have expected. Because let's be honest, when I think, I think of an offensive, I think about the story of Normandy that I shared just now, I think about 
large numbers of troops and, and heavy machine, machinery and artillery and, and you know, fighter jets and you name it. And so when we think about the all-powerful God, the creator of the universe, who has legions of angels at his disposal, you would think, man, he's just going to toss everything at the devil. Why doesn't he just toss it all and just annihilate the punk, right? Just be done with him. Or even better yet, just snap his fingers and just be over. But that's not what God did. And what he did was just is awe-inspiring. It's just in his infinite wisdom and in the most powerful display of his confidence, God said, my answer is a baby. An innocent, vulnerable child. You don't get more, more innocent and more vulnerable than a baby, right? Because a baby is completely dependent on its parents for absolutely everything. For everything. And this is God's tool. This is God's D-Day offensive. Is a baby in a manger. And that's why I say it's, it's so important that we get beyond the fact that he's a baby in a manger because there's serious implications in his birth. And that's because there's a spiritual battle going on that God wants us involved in. He launched the offensive, and now it's up to us to step up and come through and fight, battle on with him. And that's what we, we should be, we should be fil- focusing on this Christmas season. And I think it's one that we, we seldom even, even ponder when it comes to Christmas, the spiritual aspect of it. But the truth is, there is a spiritual war going on. And so I want to encourage you that when we're, when we're discussing Jesus and Christmas and that, that we take it further and we go to the whys. Why did Jesus come? What did I need saving from? I remember when I was, man, it must have been, I was, must have been 17 years old, and it was Christmas Eve, and my friend and I were outside um, doing what, you know, 17-year-olds do when they think they're cool. You stand in the middle of a field smoking cigarettes. Just the two of us, nobody else, nobody else to be cool for but each other, but that's what we were doing. Uh, just hanging out, being dumb. And I'll never forget, it was just one of those nights, it was super, it was Christmas Eve, it was super peaceful. Uh, it had been a bright sunny day, and then it had turned to snow at night, and so the snow that was already on the ground kind of had a little bit of a crust to it from the sun and all that during the day. And because there was no wind, these massive flakes, I swear they were as big as my hand, I'm, I'm probably exaggerating, but, but they were just falling straight out of the sky. And you could hear them just hitting on the ground. And then obviously, when it's nighttime, and there was no moon because it was snowing and that, but <clears throat> the snow has a way of just reflect, refracting all the ambient light from everywhere. And so it was kind of light out so you could kind of see the trees and you could kind of see in the distance the snow falling and that. And all of a sudden, I was just overwhelmed with this immense feeling. And today, I'll tell you that I honestly believe that it was my first experience with the Holy Spirit but I didn't know how to explain it. Like, I didn't know what was going on. It was one of those kind of raise the hair on your arms kind of experiences where I was just like, man, this is weird. And all of a sudden, I had this overwhelming sense that there was something bigger than me, something better. And it was very spiritual in nature. Like, I, you could just feel it. I just, I just knew it. And it was just, and it wasn't, in the moment, it wasn't scary. It was just this warm, peaceful feeling, this overwhelming sense that I was loved. 
bizarre because I'd had no relationship with the Lord. But it was just, it was weird. And so I, I kind of froze and I panicked for a moment. And then I looked at my friend and he appeared to have like something overcoming him as well. And so we, we talked a little bit and quickly realized that we were both experiencing this together. And, and I don't know if it was conviction or just sheer fear or whatever. We, we quickly you know, got rid of our cigarettes and then ran inside the house freaked out because, I mean, it, it, not understanding anything of what was going on was a little, little uncomfortable. But I share that story with you to let you know that the battle is real. And I believe in that moment, I encountered the Holy Spirit battling on my behalf, fighting for me. And that's an aspect this time of year that we miss. That yes, we know that Jesus came, he was born, and that eventually at Easter time, he, you know, he died and paid for our sins and all that. But that battle still rages on today. The enemy is still out there. And if we fail to come behind Jesus through his God's offensive launched in Bethlehem, and continue to fight the battle, we're missing the mark. Because the enemy's out there. Jesus tells us in John 10.10 10, that the enemy comes only, only to steal and kill and destroy. And that he came so that we may have life and have it abundantly. He lays it out there. He lays out the devil's intentions. The devil knows he's done, but he's going to take down as many people as he can with him. He's going to fight to the end. He's relentless. He is always at it. Even when you don't think he's behind the scenes working his things, he is. And it's so easy to forget that, especially this time of year. And I believe that distraction is one of the enemy's key things. Christmas is, is full of distractions, is it not? And I think he, he loves distractions because when we're distracted, our guard is down. We let our guard down because it's, easy, it's hard to be focused continually on something when we're distracted, is it not? And so when we're distracted by the festivities and stuff of the holidays, we get a little more relaxed and forget that we really should be sharing Jesus. We really should be fighting for the lost, that there, there's people out there losing this battle that is raging. And it's kind of put on a back burner. You know, it's all oh, holidays, it's about family traditions and activities and all of this, and, and we'll get to this after, after Christmas. When really... Christmas is all about giving the best gift and fighting the battle. And if Christmas doesn't come, I mean, we find ourselves, instead of battling the spiritual things, battling each other for the best gift, the ugliest Christmas sweater, the biggest, brightest light displays, am I right? We, we find ourselves distracted just in, just in Christmas activities, and if that's not enough, oh my goodness, 2020. What can I say? It's, it's brought a plethora of distractions in and of itself. Just overwhelming. It's, it seems like every week there's just something new. <clears throat> and most recently we've got the distraction of, of the elections. You know, there's so much debate about who won and who didn't win and all of this and that. And then I don't know if you've noticed, but there's this thing called a pandemic going on uh, that's, you know, it's affecting people, not only affecting them with their health, but it's also taking an immense toll on people's personal finances and even small businesses. There's a lot of, a lot of weight weighing on people's shoulders this Christmas season. A lot of distraction. And if that isn't enough, whew, 
Social media, okay, I'm going to go here. Social media is just exhausting these days. I find myself personally on Facebook less and less just because it's overwhelming. And so, and I'm saying this out of love, okay? <clears throat> I just want to encourage you that you, you, may, you may have an article that you just you know, think is just going to drive home your point or you have the perfect rebuttal to this argument over here or whatnot. Let me encourage you to pause before you press send and truly examine what's your motive behind it. What's your end goal? And then ask yourself, is what I'm about to post or what I'm about to say, is it expressing the love of Christ? Or in the very least, am I representing Christ in a positive manner with what I'm going to do? Because I will tell you, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what our opinions are about the election or things like this virus or masks or whatnot. We are never going to win a battle on social media. We are never going to win over our opponents on social media. It's just never going to happen. I can guarantee, I've, I've yet to meet someone that said, I used to believe this way, but until I seen so-and-so's post on Facebook, I changed my opinion. I haven't seen it yet. And I doubt there will come a day when we're in heaven communing with Jesus and he's going to say, hey, remember that post back in November on Facebook? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So I encourage you to pray about it. Because I will tell you one thing that your post will have the power to do. It will have the power to kill any opportunity you have to share Christ with those who you're communing with. And I'm not saying this because I'm against freedom of speech or debate or anything like that, because I am very much for it. But I strongly believe social media is not the medium where it should take place. There's proper time and place for those types of things. So please, 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 pray before you post. Because in the end, we've got to ask, is it, is it truly worth it? And I can guarantee that the enemy, he loves all of the distractions that all of these debates online bring. He loves it because as long as we're all caught up in this or that online and battling things that in the end we really don't have any control over ourselves, we're given into his big plan of being distracted and not doing what we should be doing and sharing Christ. That's the hard truth of the matter. And then I also think, besides the distractions that Christmas bring in that, we also fail to notice Christmas as a season of prayer. Because if it's a spiritual battle, if Jesus came as a result of a spiritual battle that's raging on earth, then we should be praying. Because spiritual battles are won on our knees in, pray, in prayer. Amen? That's where we win these spiritual battles. <laughs> we don't win them in arguments on Twitter. It's when we take the time and we focus and we and we turn our eyes to Jesus, and we lift these things up to him. And I believe that during the Christmas season, the enemy is working overtime, because why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? I mean, Jesus is, or Christmas is meant to celebrate Jesus. So why wouldn't the enemy want to distract us from that? And so he just presses in, and he works even harder this time of year. And here's some, some staggering statistics. According to an article on and Healthline reviewed by a Dr. Timothy Legg, depression 
rises to an all-time high this time of year at Christmas. And it's a result of loneliness, loss of loved ones, jobs, incomes, maybe huge financial ruin or financial errors throughout the year. There's just a whole plethora of things that, that add up to just bringing people down. And if that's not enough, here's another interesting statistic in a study done by Morning Recovery. The holiday season also sees a staggering 100% increase in alcohol consumption. Why is that? What are people running from? What are they trying to hide? And I can only assume that this this increased alcohol consumption only adds fuel to the fire when it comes to depression. It's terrible to know that this is going on in our world and we're so caught up in the festivities that we... Let's be honest, it's easy at Christmas time to forget to pray. It's easy to make it less of a priority because there's cookies that need to be baked. There's wreaths that need to be hung. And so we put the things that are important that are necessary to fight this spiritual battle that God stepped down and, and, and basically laid the path for us in. It gets overshadowed. It's sad. We should be praying, God, bring someone into that person's life. We may or may not know them. Lord, open, open their hearts, open their eyes. May they encounter you in, a, in an amazing way. God, move in this world. Move in the hearts and the lives of people who don't know you. And the even more scarier prayer, prayer, God, use me. Use me to share your love, your mercy, your grace with others this season. Allow me to jump into the trenches that you've already fortified and do battle for you. Because that's where we should be during the Christmas season. Fighting for the lost. Fighting to share this gift that we all, we all have, that we all enjoy. Finding those who need to hear the truth. Because the truth is, the spiritual battle still rages on. It's as intense today as it was the day that Jesus was born. But the question is, are we, really, are we ready and willing to fight this battle alongside of him. So as I, I start to bring this message to a close, I first want to start out by saying, I love Christmas, okay? I don't want anybody leaving here today thinking that celebrating Christmas is a terrible thing. Because it's not. In fact, celebrating Jesus' birth is, is a great reason to celebrate. What I'm hoping to reach is that, to share is that we, we get a balance. That there's balance there. Because it's so easy to get so focused on the secular things, the, the presents and the decorations and all of that stuff that the, the scales kind of tip the wrong way. And so we should focus on getting those, those balances, maybe heading back more towards Jesus. I'm not saying don't celebrate, don't decorate. Do it. But do it in a way that glorifies Him. In holiday traditions... It's a great place to to infuse Jesus so that we can keep our minds at the forefront of what this holiday is about. I know like for my family and I, Christmas morning, before we open our, before we even allow our kids to open their gifts, we sit down and we read the Christmas story together. Perspective. So that all the gifts under the trees, they're great. 
You know, it's fun. It's awesome to be able to do that for our kids. But what's even greater is the gift of Jesus. And we don't ever want to lose focus of that. We don't ever want the holiday to be about what the world says the holiday is about. We want to remember what it truly is for. And so I just want to encourage you today. You guys can go ahead and stand with me. Worship team, you can come back up. I just want to encourage you. Would you just examine in your hearts and just, just ask yourself, am I focused on things that are eternally minded, things that matter eternally, or am I focused on things that at the end of the day really don't mean a thing? Because this time of year, it's so easy to get our, our perspectives off and to be focused so much on the things that don't matter when there's people who do matter. Souls that matter. Amen. So if everybody would just close your eyes and, and bow your heads, I, I just want to take this, this opportunity. <clears throat> if you're here today and, and you don't know this gift that I speak of, this gift of Jesus, I'd like to offer it to you today. You know, you're in a place where you're like, man, I, I've just, I can't do it anymore on my own and I just, I just need something. I just, I need Jesus. If that's you, would, would you just raise your hand so that we can pray with you? All right, as we go into this time of worship, I just, I just want to encourage you to just allow the Lord to move in your hearts. Allow the Lord to just truly open you up and, and just examining you. And just see if there's any areas this holiday season where tweaks need to be made. Amen. Thank you once again for listening in as Pastor Mike shared with us God's offensive, his plan of attack. Join me next week as I chat with Scott Distler about his book, The Cave, When Ministry Becomes Misery. You don't want to miss out on this. So don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I'll see you next week.